Hello and welcome to Kabam Maths. I'm your host, Jesse Matarazzo, and today we're going to do season predictions. Preseason is over. The season doesn't start for a couple days, so we are going to take this opportunity to predict everything that is going to happen in this season. Let's jump right into it. So this is actually going to be a top 10. That's right. It's going to be a Mavs-centric top 10 season prediction. So let's jump right into it at number 10. Coming in at number 10, Maxi Kleba takes a big step forward as being one of the best two-way players in the league as far as a role player goes. I think he's going to be one of the best value two-way role players in the NBA. I think his three-point shooting is going to be amazing. He shot over 60% uh, in preseason uh, for the from the field, and he's going to just be an extremely effective dude from deep, and he's also going to be a very, very good defender. I think he even takes an even bigger leap uh, as a defender this season. So that's my prediction. The reason why I think that is just because he shot very poorly in the bubble and in the playoffs, but he did show that he could defend Kawhi at a high level. And I think that brought him a lot more confidence defensively. He was drawing charges on Giannis two games in a row, playing really good defense on Giannis. And I think he's going to establish himself as a maybe not elite defender in the league, but a very good defender in the league that gives national recognition for his defense as well as his flame throwing from offense. He just looks like he has a lot more confidence, and I could see a career year for Maxi Kleba. Coming in at number nine, we have the Mavericks breaking their own offensive record. They had the highest offensive rating last year uh, in the history of the NBA, and I do believe that they are going to break that record again this year. Uh, That may be sort of a spicier take than you would have thought because they added a lot of defense and them being able to... um, you know, focus more on the defensive end, but I think that's going to create more offense and they're going to get better fast break points and uh, a little bit more there. Plus adding Josh Richardson, I think gives you a better, uh, even though he got traded for Seth Curry, we're not going to have that 45% from three adding in Josh Richardson just gives you a little bit more uh, for the other team to have to game plan for offensively. And in the end, He's been shooting like a flamethrower out there. I think that a lot of the other guys on the wing are going to shoot a little bit better from three as well. So I have us beating our own record and, uh, you know, being the best offensive team in the league again. Now, uh, I'm not, this is the one thing that I'm not as confident. There's a couple takes on here that I don't think I'm as confident for. And that's why it is at, number nine, but I do think that that uh, is a very, very high possibility. Coming in at number eight, we have Willie Cauley-Stein, Trill Will himself, taking a big jump this year. Now, he didn't get as much time as he would have liked last year with the Mavericks, and I do think he fits in very well as a rim runner who can defend, and uh, he showed in preseason he get, hit some threes, so we'll see if he can uh, stretch the floor there too. Um, I see him taking a big jump now. 
This isn't a huge take because he didn't really do much last year. So him taking a big jump isn't that uh, big, really. But I do think that he is going to fit in nicely with this team. He's going to be able to play defense and rim run and maybe hit an open, a wide open three. Carlisle said himself that if he has a wide open shot, he should take it. That's a shot he should take. So I do think that he will have a role on this team. Now, he didn't play very much in the last preseason game. He only played five minutes, but maybe, maybe Carlisle's trying to hide him. Maybe he's trying to uh, hide some of that game plan for the Lakers. So uh, maybe that's wishful thinking. I, I don't I don't really know. But I really hope Willie Cauley-Stein at least get some run with the first team to try to play with Luka because I do think he can be a really, really lethal lob threat. And if he can hit threes like he did in that uh, second game and and drain him from deep, uh, you may he may make it a point where you don't really have a choice not to play him. His length defensively uh, brings so much to the table in that starting lineup, as well as his improved rebounding ability from uh, even Maxi or or Dwight Powell. So I think he, that he can play effectively alongside a KP and provide that rim running and toughness that maybe uh, some of the other guys don't have. I do prefer Maxi alongside KP because they do stretch the floor quite a bit and they're both uh, shot blocking threats. Um, so we'll see what happens, uh, especially if, uh, like I predicted, uh, Kleba takes a big step. But I'm really hoping Willie Cauley-Stein shows that he can be a rotational starter in the NBA. At number seven, the Dallas Mavericks make a big trade deadline trade. Now, if you know Dallas, you know Donnie. And Donnie Nelson loves to wheel and deal. That's how he got Luka. That's how he got KP. That's how he got uh, Josh Richardson. That's how he's created the three best players, arguably, on this roster. Well, arguably the top four in THJ as well in trades. So... With Giannis re-signing that Supermax, that seems like it's not going to be a possibility in free agency. So the next option, I think when you look down the list, is to make a trade. Because if you look at this free agency class, which everyone says is super deep, it's really not as deep as you think. Paul George uh, signed that extension. Kawhi is likely to re-sign uh, as well and then you go down the list you got Rudy Go- Gobert who wants a max deal and I'm not ready to give him a max deal at that age for a center that's a lot of uh, uh, money to just give two players that kind of play center so I'm not huge on the Rudy Gobert uh, signing and then you have players like who th- you thought were going to be a big deal and Victor Oladipo who is not playing very well in preseason. I don't know it's just preseason. Uh, maybe he takes a step back. And then Drew Holiday would have all, also had a player option. And he's now at the Bucks, And he, he likely wants to probably stay there and play with Giannis. So uh, I think that that kind of depletes this super deep, quote-unquote, uh, offseason. And I do think that Donnie pulls the trigger and makes a really big trade. Now, who could that be? I don't want to speculate. By the time we get to the trade deadline, 
Players are going to change all over the place. We didn't foresee us getting Luka in a trade. We didn't foresee us getting Josh Richardson in a trade. And we didn't foresee the KP trade. So it's just going to come out of nowhere. There's no point in me speculating on something where I don't know who's going to be available. If there was more obvious option, maybe we'll talk about that around the trade deadline. At number six, I have the Dallas Mavericks making it into the top 12 in defense in the league. Now that puts them in the top half of the league and is a big improvement from the 18th spot where they were last year. I think with the added additions of Josh Richardson, who is going to finally have, we're going to finally have a defender that can defend at the point of attack, um, defending uh, ones and twos at a high level and being able to also defend threes. And then you have uh, Dorian Finney-Smith, who gets to not have to guard the best player every single game. And you have James Johnson, who's in there, who's a super versatile defender that can defend one through five, really. Uh, Maxi improving his defense. KP coming in and being able to be there long enough to be able to be the great defender he is. And then all of a sudden you have Luka, who's only got to defend probably somebody standing in the wing. And uh, maybe in the interior where he, I actually think he is a pretty solid interior defender. And then you have uh, Tim Hardaway Jr., who is a very solid defender, but is probably asked to do too much. Him, you know, defending the fourth best player offensively on that team. I think this puts us in a very good defensive situation, as well as having the rookies being able to be defenders on the bench. Uh, I think we are going to be primed for a top 12 defense in the NBA this year. Coming in at number five, I have Tim Hardaway Jr. scoring 18 points per game. Now, he was shooting uh, not too far from that. I think he's going to put himself in the upper echelon of offensive players in the NBA as far as role players go. And I think that he's... Uh, can hit that 18 points per game and do it in an efficient way. Uh, He shot over 60% in the preseason, which uh, after that horrible start uh, is pretty amazing if you think about it. I think he's going to be a very streaky player, but I think all in all he's going to be efficient, uh, hovering around 40% from three. And I think he just gets a little bit more volume. And I think he uh, maybe adds a little bit more to his game uh, from going to the basket and certain things like that. I think he adds that a little bit. Now, he's not a great finisher, but I think he will take more opportunities to get there on easier sort of layups and dunks. So uh, he looks really in shape. He looks like he, his shot looks really good and practicing in the games. Now, it wasn't falling early on, but he got that thing going. And I think uh, with the added uh, with the with the absence of Seth Curry and maybe him taking more of an offensive load, I do see him uh, getting up there. I think he becomes a very valuable player. He's trying to play for a contract. Uh, he's on a contract year after signing his $19 million extension. He will be a free agent, and this is the first time in a long time where he will be a free agent and the league will actually assess Uh, real value instead of the Knicks assessing his monetary value. So can he prop himself up to being that 18-point-per-game player in the NBA? I do think he does that this year, and I think he gets a little bit more transition opportunities and maybe gets to the line a little bit more. So 
I'd really look forward to seeing what he does offensively. And at 18 points per game, that makes him a very valuable trade asset uh, at the deadline because I do not think we are going to uh, be able to afford him uh, going forward. At number four, I have Josh Richardson becoming that third star. Now, some of you may say, "Uh, I don't know if he's really good enough. I think he's more of a role player. Now, listen, Josh Richardson, while he struggled in Philadelphia, was about to become something special in Miami the year before. And I think with uh, Dallas giving him that extra space to be able to do what he wants to do, I think he's really going to take to that. He was shooting on fire in the preseason. He really showed to utilize that space, and he was able to get to the basket as well. I think he'll be able to get to the free throw line quite a bit, showing off that athleticism and that finishing ability. And I think Josh Richardson could easily be a 20-point-per-game player in the league alongside of Luka. So uh, I am going out on a limb and saying he becomes that third star, and we should probably think about re-signing him. Yes, that's a little early. And will he uh, you know, catch the attention of you know, people that are wanting Kawhi and all these big names as a third star on the Mavs? I don't know, but I think at least for this season, he will be that Mavs third star and and warrant that and be uh, close to a 20-point-per-game player that provides uh, efficient offense and tenacious defense. At number three, we're getting the hot take territory. Kristaps Porzingis is going to be an all-star. Yes, you heard it first. KP is going to make the all-star team this year. He's going to be healthy enough to where he'll get enough votes early on. And I think after we saw the performances in the bubble, he was second team all bubble, averaging 30 and 10 on 40% three-point shooting and two and a half blocks a game. I think we're going to see some of that same production uh, this season. And I think it's going to be very difficult for for, uh, people to leave KP off those ballots. He will be a second best player on a uh, high seed playoff team. So I do think that Kristaps Porzingis can really come out and, and show what he's made of, getting rebounds, uh, getting uh, points, shooting from deep from three, getting to the free throw line, doing all those things, and being a defensive anchor as well in the interior, getting those block shots. I think he's going to be a triple, quadruple, how many duple threats he's going to be for this team uh, and really show why we gave up so many picks for him, why we've been so patient with him uh, and never uh, sort of questioned whether we should have traded for him. I think that he's going to be able to display all the skills. Now, he didn't get the offseason and he didn't get the time with the team and he's not going to be back till January. So this is why this is one of the higher picks on this top 10. But I do think that with all of that, he's just going to be too good. And, uh, you know, hopefully he can play at the beginning of January, you know, which is only a few games uh, off from the season anyway. I do think that if he comes in and hits the ground running, uh, improves his three point shot a little bit, uh, focuses a little bit more on defense now that we've uh, tried to make that a focus and gets him a little bit more easy shots in transition and sort of things like that, trailing threes, uh, you know, uh, getting dunks in the open lane with space, things like that. And not everyone trying to 
focus on him now with having Josh Richardson and Tim Hardaway Jr. being those offensive threats, I think then he becomes a little bit more uh, unlocked and just comes in and, and balls out. Now, I do think he's going to have to take some time uh, working on that mid-range game. I think there's a lot there. And then as well as his three-point percentage needs to come up from that 35%. I want to see more of that 38%, 39% we saw in the bubble. So I'm super excited to see him play alongside Luca. I think that if Luca sets him up. They play a really symbiotic relationship with each other and just get tons and tons of points and then hopefully stop some people on the other side of the ball. Uh, Christoph Porzingis for the 2021 All-Star team, baby. Let's get it. Now, at number two, we have the Dallas Mavericks getting home court advantage in the playoffs. Now, I think that this could go... Anywhere from four to two. Um, I think that I don't know if home court advantage actually matters this year. If we're going to play in front of crowds, if any of that stuff is going to go on, they may even clamp this thing down and do it in a bubble again. Who knows what's in store for us with this crazy year? But I do think that we are going to have one of the top four seeds. And I do think that uh, they are going to deserve it. I think they're going to be one of the best teams in the West this season. Now, what's going to have to happen for that to happen? Well, KP's got to stay healthy, and he's got to ball out like he did in the bubble. And then you have to have uh, Luka you know, maintaining his amazing play as well. Uh, he needs to hit his free throws, hit his threes, and stop arguing with the rest. If he can do those things, or even two of those things, we're in really good shape uh, and will play very well, especially with Josh Richardson in the fray, and, and as well as uh, Tim Hardaway Jr., who is going to be able to contribute if he's on the team then. Maybe they make a big trade too. Who knows? Maybe it gets a little weird, but uh, we will see what happens there. But I do think that the Dallas Mavericks could easily, easily be in uh, the top four seed with you got teams like Houston. Who knows what's going on with there? They make a trade and then they're out of the picture. And then you have teams like uh, Denver not getting better defensively, just trying to outscore people. Who knows if that's going to work? Um, there's a big question mark with the Suns. There's uh, OKC's out of the playoffs. Uh, what does Dame and McCollum do uh, with the healthy squad there? Do they get a two seed, three seed? We'll see, but it's going to be really interesting, and I do think Dallas Mavericks have the most uh, high-end talent uh, to really challenge some of these other teams where maybe Paul George takes a step back. Maybe Kawhi doesn't really uh, stay as locked in in the regular season. Who knows? But still, they have a lot of offensive ability there and defensive ability. So it's going to be really interesting to see. I just believe uh, that the new regime is coming in, and that's the Dallas Mavericks, and they're taking the Western Conference by storm. And at number one, we have Luka Doncic. For MVP, baby, let's get it. Luca for MVP is my number one pick. I think that he is going to be able to maintain that sort of dominance he did last year, uh, filling up the st stat sheets, but not only that, making all of his teammates uh, really good and effective, uh, creating players that maybe not have had the greatest 
uh, you know, play in previous teams or previous iterations of this team, but then coming out and being elite role players. It's that Luka effect, and I think the league is seeing it. You know, uh, Las Vegas has called him the MVP favorite. Multiple betting sites have called him the MVP favorite, and I think there's a real chance for him to win MVP. Now, he's going to have a lot of competition. There's some great players in this league, and he didn't really look in great shape to start the preseason, but a lot of these players aren't in great shape to start this season. <coughs> James Harden. So I think that uh, he will be ready to go when the season starts and dominating like his normal self. You add KP in there, that puts them in a top seed and him being able to give Luca a little bit more space, a, a little bit more um, opportunities to get some things done, a little bit more assists. Uh, so I think that he's going to really fill it up now. He does need to work on his free throw shooting. He does need to stop arguing with the refs and get back on defense. He does need to hit his threes at a higher clip. But I do think all of those things will come in time, and he's still going to be super effective on the offensive end, affecting all of his teammates, doing all the things that it takes to win. And I think it's going to be great for the NBA to have uh, that sort of diversity. You have a European player um, winning again for the first, <laughs> for the third straight year. Uh, I think it's good for the league to show that people from all walks of life can dominate in this game. Uh, whether you have an American in Harden, a uh, European like Antetokounmpo, or another European, Slovenian in Luka Doncic, I think that you can show that the whole world, it's a world game, and everyone is competing, and everyone is dominating. So let's do this. I'm so happy uh, for this season. I think that we are going to be a great team, a fun team to watch. I think we're going to light it up and be able to get stops when we need them. So I'm going to bid you guys adieu. Until next time, like and subscribe and all the fun stuff. Follow me at Kabam Sports. Find me on the Locker Room app. Or you can follow me at Kabam Media as well for my personal uh, Twitter handle. So I'll see you guys in the next episode.